And once we get that right, which is for me the most important thing, that they have, first of all, respect. The second one is commitment. The third one, passion. Those three ingredients are non-negotiable. Welcome into the Non-Negotiable Podcast. I'm Gavin. I'm here tonight with Pascal. How are you doing, Pas? What's up, Gav? And Justin, how are you doing, Jaz? Uh, hey, fellas. Hey, so we uh, played our, we played another uh, friendly, another pre-season warm-up match that didn't go so well, um, wearing those terrible shirts again that look better on players than they do on us. Uh, our play was as bad as the shirts. So, Jaz, let's start at the beginning, the starting lineup. We played that midfield that we'd all been waiting to see. Tommy Asu at left back was a little bit of a surprise. Um, what did you take from that starting lineup? Well, I, I got to be honest, I was really surprised at how strong it was. Uh, for, uh, you know, I mean, we're still, I guess we're probably about the midpoint of preseason, roughly. Um, it was a really strong lineup. That could be a Premier League game starting lineup i would say eddie is no disrespect to him but probably the only player that's kind of you know below par for a like a first choice starting 11 um everybody else it was it was really strong so yeah i i mean i'm and i'm glad to see it too i think um this preseason should be more about uh chemistry and gelling for us than anything else uh but yeah i definitely would say i i was surprised about how strong it was I would agree with the, the chemistry and gelling part. I think the the results are the results are unimportant. Let's be fair; they're, they're friendlies. It's more important yeah. how we play, um, and that you know that didn't really work for us on on Saturday. And I've, I've got to be honest with you, I watched it in a bar, looking over my shoulder in Key West at a thirty two inch screen. <laughs> so I've seen the highlights since, but as for the full game, I, I got a partial view of everything that was going on. But as I said a few weeks ago, that I thought. The signing of Rice and the restructure of this midfield made Zinchenko our most important player. And I think with Tommy Asu at left back, you kind of saw that because I think we we lacked that extra help in midfield, particularly over that left-hand side where Havertz is. I think um, when, you, when you look at that game and if there's anything that's going to come out of it, I'm, I'm not too concerned about Havertz. I'm not too concerned about... Rice, um, I'm not too concerned about all of those areas from that one game. But really, for me, it's it is Zinchenko missing because um, it seems to be a common theme for us uh, in terms of our structure when he's not there and how we play. There is no one really equivalent to him in that team at left back. Um, so as much as Tommy Asso offers a, a certain solid S, he's disciplined. Um, but he's not going to do the role that he does. And I think it was very clear to see. It's kind of worrying for me because, again, it's maybe not as extreme, but akin to party in, in, in that you have a player that does seem to get injured quite a bit and we don't seem to have a solution as to what to do when he's out. So, um, yeah, it kind of showed in that game that we just didn't really have that um, midfield uh, control and command that we 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 do when he's on the field. You're right to be worried there, Lopez. I mean, this is this is the first year we've had of Zinchenko, and I, I love Zinchenko, the player. But he did miss 12 games 
last year, mm-hmm. which is a lot of games in a year when we didn't take the cups very seriously. And when you've got someone that integral, that important, I think you're right to be you're right to be worried. I mean, what other solution is there? Well, that that's 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 the question. And I mean, you you have the right where they seem to they're exploring the timber option, which was for the right, but we don't have one on the left. I mean, I I know Kivior has come in um, and has been and has been decent, um, but it's not the same. Um, it, it, it's not it's not the same outcome as what you get with Zinchenko. I, I know there was rumours of us for Fresneda, which kind of seemed to fit the profile of of, of that inverted type of uh, fullback. Um, but I, as as of now, I don't know what the option is um, when he's out. And I guess that's the manager's um, problem, unless you sign a player that uh, of his ilk, which is very difficult to find, obviously. Well, it's obvious, isn't it? It's Gav's favorite player, Kieran Tierney. Right. Let's let's clear this. No, let's not get into that. But it's, it's we not, haven't got but, we haven't got that much time. So, yeah. but, uh, <laughs> but I do think the answer probably is just since you wanted to jump in here, the answer probably is Kivior, right? I mean, I'm thinking yeah, at this probably. point, Kivior yeah. is the primary primary backup. I don't think Tommy Asu is. I think Kivior is the primary backup, um, and and we. I mean, I've been impressed with him these last few games. Uh, yeah, same here. Uh, I, I only, I was just kind of poking fun. I don't know if you guys saw that um, that athletic article. Uh, mm. I don't know if it was from yesterday or this morning, but, um, you know, it was basically like, does the signing of Timber open the door for a Kieran Tierney stay at Arsenal? And I I just found it kind of funny because as much as, you know, he's he's a very popular player in the fan base, it just seems so like, um, kind of ham-fisted in there, you know, that everybody just kind of wants it to work when he's obviously not really an Arteta-style fullback. So I was just poking fun there. Yeah, you, you I mean, the funny, of, thing, you, the funny thing can... is, is that I, I think with this new shape of midfield, the plan is to play with two inverted fullbacks, not one. Like, that's that's how I see this. I don't think it's Timber and Tierney or it's Zinchenko and Ben White. I think yeah. they're all going to be asked to do the same thing. Um and I think Tierney at this point is fourth choice, not second choice, not third choice. I think he's he's fourth choice pretty much. I think it's Zinchenko, then it's Kivior, and then it's Tommy Asu. Um, whichever way you look at it, I mean, Tierney may end up staying, but if he ends up staying, it's because we haven't got an offer that we liked. That That's the only reason he's going to stay. He's not staying because he's part of the plans. I think he'll play less minutes next year than he did last year. So I, I don't see it as being that. But we do we do seem to need to fix something up. But even then, pass with this, I mean, this game could have been very different had Martinelli tucked away one of the two big chances he had early on, right? Like, I know everyone's getting wound up because it's a 2-0 pre-season defeat. But at the end of the day, it was two horrendous errors from individuals by our players. But if Martinelli tucks that one in early, this this game goes differently. It does. It does. It should have put that away. At least on the second attempt, he should have put it away. It was. It was a clear opening. But yeah, it would be a different circumstance. But I think you know. Again, we 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 had this thing before. Um, and again, I, I don't. I'm not reading too much into this game at all. But I remember we had this issue before a few years back where we really had to take our chances because they were few and far between. And if we didn't, it was very obvious 
uh, you would stick in your mind the chances we had because there were so few of them. That gate that kind of reminded me of that, where we think of that Martinelli chance because there weren't that many that we had in the game. And that was the clearest opportunity. He's got to put it away. But I think if you're creating enough, then you're not really going to focus too much on that missed opportunity. But yeah, it was a good opening. Saka's cut back. He's got a clear open goal and he's just put it too near the keeper. And then on the um, rebound, he's just scuffed at it more than anything. Yeah, I do agree with that. We didn't create enough, but United didn't create anything either, really. I mean, there was no point in that game mm. where they were creating chances. I mean, their goals, just both of them were from horrific errors. I thought the 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 Ramsdale mistake for the first one was really bad. Um, and then obviously Gabriel completely misses his kick on on halfway. And then I think Ramsdale should do better again with with that shot. I mean... It's pre-season, they're still coming back. They're just getting up to match fitness. I don't think there's too much to read into this. Yeah, I don't really either. Um, I We talked a little bit about this on WhatsApp earlier, but um, I do think the the pitch definitely played a part with Ramsdale's. It least. was horrendous. Did, it you, was, did yeah. you, apparently they just threw turf over yeah. the top of the, or, or threw grass over the top of the artificial turf. Yep, that's what they did, yep. And it's the second horrendous pitch we've played on in four days. Yeah, and I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, that affects United just as much as it affects us. But, um, you know, I definitely think for more of a controlling possession-based team uh, that averages more passes than most other clubs, having a bad, you know, a bad pitch is going to affect us more than a a, a quicker break counterattacking side like United try to be. Um I don't want to excuse either goal for that, but I do think that played a part. I definitely think Ramsdale should have done better on the first. Uh, and even though I think, uh, oh, I'm sorry, Sancho, no, Fernandez was the first, right? Sancho was the yeah. second. Yeah, yeah. Um, even though I think Sancho's uh, shot was was a pretty impressive one, um, you know, it all came from that Gabriel whiff, basically, and um yeah, I mean, it's it, shame, but, you know, basically individual errors that let And I mean, we had just as many good chances, I would say, it just didn't convert. Yeah, so that's that's one of the reasons why I'm not worrying about it too much. And past that, that the Martinelli missed chances, it came with some really good work down the right between Timber and Saka, and that was very promising to see. Yeah, it was. It's something that Ben White and Saka have as well. They've got good um, good understanding. So it's good that that's already been uh, starting to flourish between those two. But leading to just just going on from Justin's point on that one, also their two goals, um, and forgive me if he mentioned that, because um, um, but um, those two goals were from long balls as well. I mean, the the possession uh, Sancho's one came from the long ball from the goalkeeper, and then they took control of it. And so uh, Gabriel's was was a mistake where it was also um, you know a long ball in. So it it. it yeah, it was a game, it was a kind of pitch that would suit that type of play. Um, but at least that was some good interchanging there between the two. And, you know, I, I, I'm not coming away with this in, in terms of in some kind of mental torture. This was a disaster for us, as as we've been seeing, as usual, on uh, social media. I don't think there is such a thing in pre-season as a disaster for us this year, right? Because we're we're working in almost a new system, certainly uh, certainly an evolved system from last year, and we're working in new players that haven't played together before. And just it was pretty noticeable with that midfield three that they really didn't know each other that well. I believe it was two passes between Rice and Havertz, and one between Havertz and Erdegaard. 
you're not going to see that again. Like that's 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 going to be ironed out pretty quick. They're three players that need to learn each other's strengths. And when you add in what we're doing with these fullbacks, they're also both kind of new to this. I mean, even when Zinchenko comes back, he's not played with Rice and Havertz before. So this is um this is all new and these these games are these games are important this is kind of like i used to say about the carlin cup right these games are important the results just aren't important we don't have to win them but it's important to play them yeah and this was exactly the point that i was going to bring up and i think it's basically the 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 crux of the issue um you have three midfielders that aren't used to playing together with, uh, you know, two fullbacks that, you know, kind of, uh, you know, they frame the side, essentially, you know. Um, Havertz is having to essentially learn how to be a midfielder again after three years of barely playing any midfield. And then, you know, they're all uncomfortable with each other. Um, so, no, I mean, I'm never one to take preseason seriously anyways. Um, I, I understand, you know, it was a game against United and that always matters and people are, you know, they have every right to be, you know, upset or whatever, but um, this shouldn't be an overreaction, I don't think. And I don't think this is necessarily a preview of anything to come in the season. Um, I think you just have three, well, four, five. I mean, you've got a, a, basically a, a, a whole team of guys that are unused to playing with, you know, three or four other players and, uh, and, and then a, a guy in a key midfield spot taking Granite Xhaka's spot, let's not forget how important he's been over the years, um, who's learning how to be a midfielder again. So I think kind of the reaction's been overblown, and uh, I definitely think a lot of the mistakes came from a very unfamiliar midfield. I agree with that. I agree with that completely. And, you know, and you forget you've got Declan Rice, who spent the last three years having to be Superman, and all of a sudden... We don't need him picking the ball up and trying to run 80 yards of it. So he's got to adapt to a new way of playing. He's got to adapt to trusting people too, because, you know, he, he wasn't surrounded with all the due respect to Thomas Susek, which is none, by the way, no respect at all. With with all that lack of respect there, giving the ball to Martin Erdegaard is a completely different proposition to giving it to Thomas Susek. So he's got to learn to trust everyone around him as much as, as Kai Havertz is learning a new position where he's been up front. And Odegaard, he's kind of learning this as well because he's got new people all around him. I mean, he even had Timber on the on the outside of him. So this is something that's going to come with time. Past the one bit which I think will worry people and I think should worry people even in this friendly is how Eddie looked. Because I think we are getting to the point where I've tried to defend Eddie as much as I can. I think we are getting to the point where we have to admit this is a problem because unless you are going to play Leandro Trossard as the primary number nine backup, I don't know what we can do because I think Balogun getting zero minutes says to me that he's got to be on the way out the door. I think I, I, it's baffling. I don't understand that decision at all. But Eddie playing up there, it's just not going to cut it. Well, it's again this this thing about what Arteta says and what he does because he he'd said that Balogun's going to get preseason time, but I'm not. We're not really seeing what he's saying because he didn't even come on the field. Again, it, I really don't want to go down disrespectful lines, but when I see Eddie on any on the team sheet, it, it is kind of a deflated feel because, like we've said so many times, I know what I'm getting. We know what we're getting with Eddie. There's not going to be any surprises. 
There's not going to be anything different to what we don't know that he's going to bring. And and for what we want to see, it, it, it doesn't seem to work. So Balogun was going to be that, that let's say, refreshing aspect of difference um, to what we've been seeing from our number nines. And, and he didn't even get a game. He's now training separately from the team um, before this uh, next game that we have. So, you know, you can read between the lines on that one, whether that just looks like it's 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 done. Um, it, I, I feel it's a big problem. I think it's a big problem. Um, if, if Trossard's not available, as he wasn't, um, and Jesus is not available, then it is Eddie that we're most probably going to be looking to. And I just don't think he cuts it at all at this level. Um, and uh, you, it was quite evident in that game. Um, I think also just um, just to touch on a lot of what what we were just just talking about the game itself. I think it, we, what we're seeing is is that there's there's a general you could see how sharp the knives are out for us just from that one game because already Havertz they're waiting they're absolutely waiting in the wings to go in full bottle on us about every little thing that happens rice Havertz you you if you want a microcosm of what we're going to expect this season um that was it after that one little preseason game against United I think that's an excellent point, Jazz. We talked about this before, about how next season was going to be different from last season. The feel-good factor is going to be replaced by expectation. And Patsy's absolutely right. The knives are going to be out there waiting for any chance to try and drive division in between the fan base and try and cause friction. This is what happens when you're a good team. This is what they try to do, unless you're Man City, because no one cares about them. But when you're a, when you're a good team that, that actually moves the needle... You you get this. This is what happens. I mean, they did it with Liverpool as well. They did this with with Liverpool. The media turned on Liverpool and tried to get people having a go at Klopp and that. And we're you know, let's be honest, we've already we're already easy to hate. Like like people have hated us forever. This goes back to the thirties. It goes back to being the southern team dominating the northern working class sport. This is this has been around forever. Jazz, are you a bit worried that a few bad performances and this is going to turn? I I am a little bit actually. Um, not I, I mean I think um, you know I mean Paz nailed it. I don't want to uh, you know retread over anything he said, but I think um, part of what drove us so far last year was a, a you know a, a feel good factor and maybe performing above expectations. Um, and I I do I am a little worried and I think what it comes down to is like I mean Havertz I think is a great example like a, a small sample size you've got a bunch of people that didn't you know, a bunch of fans that didn't really approve of that transfer that thought it was an overspend and I think you know there's there's certain certain parts of the fan base that are are hoping he has some bad games you know so they can rip into him and say you know they were right we should have never done it. I think, uh, you know, specifically him, if he doesn't hit the ground running, um, I think you're going to see some fans out for blood. And I, you know, I, I hope it's not like this. I hope it's not as bad as I, I, I think it's going to be. But yeah, expectations are definitely going to be high. And it's not just our own fan base. I mean, others, you know, we, we already got a lot of criticism last year from pundits and, and, and the like, you know, Arteta's too animated on the touchline, you know, et cetera. Um, yeah, if we don't carry a, a, a certain degree of consistency near the top, 
I think um, the mood in the stadium, the mood online, the mood towards the team is going to be a lot more harsh this year. It's something that I definitely don't want to see. I definitely want this to go. A, a good start pass is absolutely imperative this season. The start like we had last year, basically. Yeah, yeah. Considering the um, the the first few fixtures as well, you know, we are expected to win those. So um, I think if we come short um, in those uh, three games, then yeah, you I, I can see already. And and our fan base is one thing, but it's also outside of that. You'd think last season when we were challenging, this is before the so-called, you know, bottle jobs, um, like they like to call it. But this is when we were challenging. The knives were out then as well. So you can imagine if it turns badly, yeah, it's uh it's it's gonna be a lot of uh, a lot of pressure. But um I, that's why I don't wanna I I think we're 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 pragmatic enough to look at that game and not get too uh too overruled by it. I'm less worried about what happens in the stadium, to be quite honest with you, because I don't think that that is going to change that much. I think the online discourse is going to ramp up the pressure. And you know that players see this stuff. You know that they read it. You saw Granit Xhaka get upset by the online discourse and the messages that he was getting. So it is a problem. Like I said, Mm. I don't think it will be in the ground. I'm more worried about that outside the ground. And it affects everything when you start getting that i mean we saw with the we saw with the end of venga right like you can't be any more toxic than the end of the venga period i mean we had venga out signs at, at fucking SummerSlam and at the tennis and you know it was it, it become an it become a joke and most of that was opposition fans trying to drive more division and it was successful in doing that um so i you know, I do think a quick start is going to be important this year. And I think we can get off to it. And I, it wasn't great on Saturday, but I did like what I saw against the MLS All-Stars before. And we've got Barcelona coming up on Wednesday night. So let's see how he turns it around there. Um, well, as- you, you, you say, just to touch on that, Gav, you say that you don't, um, you know, the stadiums, we should be all right. Because you, you're correct at the Emirates. Uh, you know, I can only imagine it being a very uh, positive atmosphere. But as long as it's not being played in New Jersey, because as you can see, there were punch-ups in the, in the <laughs> Arsenal end. So. <laughs> you know, we, we were talking about this before we come on air and whether to bother mentioning it or not. And uh, uh, I'm not really not sure what to make of this because I've seen a couple no. of different videos. And the first one, I thought that's definitely someone having a go at someone's girlfriend and then they yeah. getting a fight, right? <laughs> like, let's be honest, that's how this all starts. It all starts with the girlfriend or the wife getting upset about something and it... It kicks off from there. But the other video I've seen, it looks like a fight between Arsenal and Man United fans. And I just saw a Man United fan go sprawling over the back of a chair. <laughs> so I'm just, I'm not really sure what that was. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think we'll ever know either, really. No, but, I don't think. And, and honestly, I don't really, I don't really care what it was but it was uh yeah it was definitely uh it was definitely something to see i've seen about 50 angles of it as well i know you've seen that all the videos from every angle of the stand which was quite amusing you've seen the uh i the 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 video i'm most familiar with is the the blue shirt guy who punched out a united fan and then an arsenal fan is that yeah yeah, 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 he was. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he was, but this is so. This brings up something a little bit different, <laughs> right? There was, um, there was actually on on uh, on the Arsenal America Facebook group, and someone was saying about, well, I don't, uh, and it wasn't about that. It was more to do with the atmosphere. Um, about he doesn't understand why in the UK we get the atmosphere with the fans being segregated, and then 
here they're kind of it's kind of a free for all. But the problem is, is that here you're not selling tickets to club members. You've got no way of mm. telling who supports who. Yeah. Plus, you're five thousand miles away from the home base, so you're going to get families where the husband supports one, the wife supports the other, and the kids might support someone completely different. So what do you do? You ain't splitting families up for these games. They are still exhibitions at the end of the day. They are still friendlies. Just there's no way to prevent the mixing of the fans in this situation. I mean, I saw a guy there in a Tottenham shirt. Yeah, no, definitely not. Um, I've been to uh, several MLS games in different cities, uh, Chicago, uh, Miami, here where we are, Portland. Uh, I've been to some U.S. national team games as well in like Nashville and uh, Indiana, Indianapolis. Um and you'd be surprised. I mean, there, there's a lot of fans that just kind of like the sport and they'll show up wearing, you know, Chelsea shirts to a U.S. men's national team game or, you know, Tottenham shirts, God forbid, to, a, you know, Columbus crew game. Um, you know, so I think there's a, there's just like a lot of sports fans that just kind of go because maybe it's it's the fun thing to do here. And yeah, there's no way we'll they'll ever be able to like segregate fans like they do. And I think, you know, there's, there's a, uh, you know, we can obviously drink pitch side as well, um, which they can in England, correct? Uh, you've got to do it. Yeah. 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 There's no, there's no drinking, there's no drinking side in sight of the grass because apparently the sight of grass turns everyone into yeah. ticks, yeah. I assume. So they shut the bars, they shut the bars down just after half time and yeah. you know, they can only serve X amount of time into the first half. So, and and there's laws in England. There are yeah. segregation laws. So they don't yeah. do this in England because they think they want to create a good atmosphere. They do it because it is the law to right. segregate fans. That isn't the law here. So why would an event promoter or whoever it is that puts these events on? I don't know who's putting this event on. I don't know if it was Giant Stadium or MetLife yeah. Stadium, whatever they call it. Yeah. I don't know who's doing it. But why would they go to that extra expense and the extra headache when they don't have to? It's different in England. You have to. It's the law. Yeah. No, yeah, they absolutely wouldn't. And I mean, you'd be surprised the the alcohol they'd sell to, you know, one person at the concession stand in most of the stadiums in the US I've been to. Um, so, you know, that's always going to be uh, kind of an issue as well. You've just got guys getting, you know, lit right there in the stadium in the stands, just, you know, kind of looking for any kind of provocation. So um I just the, the whole thing is just silly to me in, in in like a preseason friendly, I think, is what I find funny. But then I also kind of remember that, you know, for some people, this is going to be the only opportunity they have to see, you know, their favorite teams across mm -hmm. the pond, you know, playing. And I guess that does kind of make, you know, a little more sense to me. Um, but yeah, the, uh, to your to your basic point, yeah, we'll, we'll never be able to segregate fans here. It's just not going to happen. It's It's not possible. No, the stadiums aren't designed for it, and and like I said, a promoter or a, a you know an event host is not going to go to all that extra effort. It's going to cost them money, and they're not going to do that if they if they don't have to. So on to Barcelona pass because I, I I don't think there's any point in going into this game anymore. I think we've said pretty much all that's going to be said. Um, what do you think is going to happen? What would you like to see happen for this final U.S. game? I mean, I know we've got Monaco before the Charity Shield, but this is the final game over here. Anything you'd like to see him try? Anything you would like to see done differently? Uh, I guess um, probably I, I wouldn't mind seeing what Party, Rice and Odegaard would look like. Uh, get an idea for that, because I know that's been uh, one of the topic of debates to do with um, 
you know, the midfield setup, how that should be. So that would be quite interesting to see if that occurs or we get a, a moment to see that. Um, maybe a little bit more of Smith Rowe. I thought he had a good cameo coming on um, and, uh, you know, um, played well. Zinchenko, obviously, so we can see again what we're missing. Um, I've already mentioned Balogun in previous ones, and I'm I'm kind of giving up on that. Uh, I just don't think that's going to happen. Um, so I would like to see probably the closest that we could we could get to at this time of the preseason. That would be what our starting eleven is, or will be, um, injury permitted, of course. Well, Zinchenko must be close because he's been doing the warm up, warm downs. So he so he's got to mm. be close. And I know Justin's desperate to see ESR out there. Oh, yeah, I, I am, definitely. I actually was just interested in asking you guys a cross-question, if it's okay. Would you prefer to see Havertz in the center-forward role over Enkedia at this point in time? Uh, I would, yes. You mean to move ESR into that role? I, I would. There is a caveat. Well, yeah, obviously. Or a party, really. You know. Yeah, well, there is a caveat to that, though, because I think if, if Artera has made his mind up, right, that mm-hmm. his midfield three is going to be Rice, Havertz, and Erdegaard. Uh-huh. The only way they are going to get batteries by playing together. And I mm-hmm. think they need to get every minute that they can get without obviously going into the red zone, as, as, as Arsene Wenger used to call it. But they have to get every minute they can get playing together. That is my only thing with it. Because, yes, I do. I would be intrigued. I, I think... I mean, at some point, we can't play Saka every minute of preseason as well, right? Like, at some point, we have to say, Saka, well, you're not starting today. So, I would be interested if if Vieira's out and seeing what Havertz does out there. I would be interested in seeing it move around. But I think right now, for me, I think those minutes that those three in midfield can play together, if, if Arteta is wedded to trying this, to giving it a real run, I think those minutes are more important, Pass. Yeah, that 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 does make sense. Um, I, if it's Eddie and Ketia starting up front, I probably would want Havertz there, to be honest. But um, but um, but yeah, I I see exactly what you're saying. If if you, for consistency to get themselves prepared, perhaps a half each party in there for one half, and then uh, Havertz the other half. We'll see. But um, but they it, whatever he's got planned, he's got to start having it more and more apparent in his 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 subsequent games coming up to the to the first game of the season or you could say the community shield yeah for sure jazz what you're what are you thinking on this uh yeah to just to answer my initial question i think um i would like to see havertz starting over enkedia at the center forward position but i i 100% agree with where you're coming from as well uh right now because it, it's not about results right we just said that uh, so I think if they can build the the chemistry the continuity you know um, that's way more important than I think winning but I also do wonder how much having a and again I hate to say this about Eddie because I like him but having more of a subpar center forward hurts that midfield as well um, I, I, I would like to see Smith Rowe there. I mean, everybody that listens to our podcast, I'm sure, is rolling their eyes. Um, <laughs> I think he would do really good there, and I was really impressed with him in the last game. Um, mm. But, uh, but yeah, I think the, the most minutes that Havertz, Rice, and Odegaard can get together, the, the better now. Well, what about ESR up front? 
I, I would like that as well. I, I've always kind of saw him as more of a, a you know, a, a 10 myself or like, you know, a, a, an attacking eight or what, you know, I, but, um, but yeah, I, I think he's got all the skills to be a really good false nine. If, if you know, I mean, if he could do it. A couple he's of big too. Have you seen, have you seen how he looked big yeah. yesterday? Yeah. And well, and this was going to come on to basically my point a couple of times on Saturday, the things that really frustrated me with Eddie on, on Saturday was a couple of times, particularly Rice breaking the lines and getting the ball up to him on the halfway line. And he just couldn't, he either couldn't control it or he got it under control and then couldn't keep it. And that was the bits that were really frustrating. That goes back to what you said, Jazz, about the, the centre forward affecting the midfield. I think it really affected the midfield because I think if that's Jesus, he moves, he brings that under control on the move and then he's laying it off and Havertz is allowed to run in behind or do what he does. With Eddie up there, who's a lot more static and then with losing the ball as well, Havertz never got to do that. Havertz was, was spending his time trying to fight for loose balls and... I want to say this now. I, I'm fine with seeing Arteta try this with Havertz at the at the left eight. I think it's a, I think it's something that if it works, I think that the risk reward factor is so far pushed towards reward that I think it's absolutely worth it. But I'm telling you now, if we are going to use Havertz seventy percent of the time trying to hunt down loose balls and go into fifty fifties, this is not going to work. Mm. It's not going to work. So you you need. I think I personally. I wouldn't play that midfield three without Jesus playing up top. I wouldn't do it because I think it's a waste of time. I think it's difficult enough when they've already got fullbacks that are still learning the role. And Timber looks very, very good, but these guys don't know him. And, you know, Tomiyasu, I didn't think did a great job. I thought Kivior did a good job the week before, but they're all new. I think you, I think you have to play as many of them together, like Pass said, as you possibly can to try and get that chemistry. So that's where I would go with it. I, again, I wouldn't be averse to seeing Smith, Smith Rowe tried out there. I think if I was going to do that, I would be more, I would be more minded to maybe do that with Partey in the midfield, you know, and a, a bit more, some more players who were familiar from last yeah. season and yeah. less what we're going to rely upon this season with it. Um, anything else, Paz? You you think you you'd like to see? I mean, do you would you like to see Timber given a run at centre back? Would you do? You... No, I think right back. Uh, I'd like to see him there. I mean, centre back. I think we saw him a little bit of him. Um, didn't did no no we haven't. We've only seen him at right back. Right? Is the MLS game? Did he? Yeah, uh... no, he, he played yeah, at no, right, only... back. I, right back. I don't okay. think I, I'm with you. I don't think there's any need to see him at centre. No, it's not no, I, I think we know who our pairing is, and um, uh, but um, I'd, I'd like to see him where he is. Uh, that's it, really. From 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 what I what I want to see, and 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 going to your point about um, the Harvard. Uh, Odegaard, Rice, of course. Uh, I think you 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 implied that anyway. Zinchenko added in there as well because I think if you don't have him, that also struggles. That little trio that's probably going to struggle a bit as well. Um, so, yeah, I I, I think uh, I think we'll, we're we're just in that experimental say getting fitness. So I think over the coming days, uh, coming weeks, we're really going to see what this team's about. Um, do you think, what do you think he's going to do? Because I can see quite a few changes for Wednesday night. Yeah, I I believe I, I read a quote. Uh, I didn't listen to his post-match pressure, presser, unfortunately, but I think I read a quote, something like um, the players that didn't start tonight are going to get more of a shot against Barca on Saturday, I believe he said. Um, that makes sense. 
but you know what i find really intriguing about uh you, you know, so we already know that like a, a revolving front three where everybody can play in, in, in kind of everybody else's position, you know, like a Martinelli, Jesus, Saka front three is dangerous, right? Because they can all rotate and, and, and they can all really do it all. Having a Smith Rowe or a Havertz in there as well allows us to have kind of four player, like you can have Jesus or Saka drop deep, have Havertz go out wide, you know, I mean, it's going to be so hard to mark, and and that's kind of something I'm I'm looking forward to seeing, regardless of if it's Havertz or or Smith Rowe. I think they can both do it, but I'm hoping we see a lot more rotation like that because when Jesus is is ready to start playing more frequently, him dropping in the mid- midfield and having Havertz kind of go into like a false nine position could be really dangerous, especially picking out those two wide players. Um, I don't know if I even answered your question. I just wanted to say that. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's no, you, that's, that's fine. You know, we 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 both said we're expecting some rotation on on Wednesday night. Um, you know, it's still preseason. We really don't care. It's just about watching. It's just about watching these combinations. Really, you just you just want to see these combinations pass, right? Just just pick up a little bit. Yeah, and and just see how they embed in the team and 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 what what what's working, what isn't always good. To, you know, even players like Smith Rowe, it's good to see him back to full fitness and coming into games and being the player, you know, that we know he is. Um, that's all, all all good to see. Uh, I think any rational Arsenal fan is is along those lines rather than, you know, un- unless they're just purely there for clickbait, that they realise that, that, that this is what pre-season is all about. And if we can go into the season with all these options fit and firing in some sort of way, we're going to be better for it, right? These these workouts in these heat and... and I mean, I'm a bit worried about these pitches, I'm not going to lie, uh, because the last thing you want is to see... is to go in with someone being injured... Um, and we come close to that with the rat face prick running around kicking everyone and stamping. No, him. no, not rat face. Mini me. Well, him Mini-me. as well. He was. Uh, he oh, was the other one. one. But uh, they were the pair of them. The pair of them were at yeah. it. And and you know, and that is a bit of a worry to me. And I guess that's these high profile friendlies. That's kind of part of the part of the worry. But so um, you'll you'll tune in. We're on ESPN, right? Late start for us on uh, on Wednesday night, just. Uh yeah, uh I believe I said what 10:30 p.m. uh Eastern time. Um it's on ESPN Plus for sure. I'm sure it'll be televised. I'm sure it'll be on TV. I can't confirm that off the top of my head, but I I mean all the other games were I saw Madrid AC Milan last night late. Um so yeah, I mean I'm sure it will be. Um Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I would love nothing more than to just smash Barca just from, you know, history. I I kind of hate that club to be honest, so I Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think we all, I think we all do, but yep. this, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It should be, uh, it should be a fun one. So, yep. um, anything else to add, past before we go? No, no, no. I think just going back to your point about Ratface and Minimi, I think they embody, <laughs> they embody that club, don't they? They absolutely embody that club. So I, I have no, um, I'm, I'm, I'm lost for words on how they are as a team, really. Well, let them go, and we'll we'll see them in September. That'll be a fun one. I'm already. That's when it matters. That. Yeah. Yeah, 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 that's when it matters. Yep. To that one. So, yep. all right, guys. Well, thank you very much for tonight. Just a short one. We'll be back later in the week after the Barcelona game. Look at that. Try and look. Hopefully, we'll have a we'll have a bit bit of a better results and better performances, and we can see these partnerships starting to develop because I think that's what that's what this is about. Just watching these partnerships develop as we go further into preseason. So, thank you very much, lads. Thank you for listening, everybody, and we will see you next week. Goodbye. Good night.